Yes, 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 we are back. Welcome to another episode of The Styles Files. You already know who it is. It's your boy, Alan Styles. And thank you for listening. Welcome to the best 20 to 60 minutes of your week. Um, like I said, with the offseason here for NBA and NFL, really the only thing we got going on is MLB and my beloved Giants. Although they haven't been having the season that we would all have hoped for and dreamed for, but some of us expected they're still, um, you know, trucking along and kind of hanging around. So I was very lucky. Friend of the show, Eli, um, has a friend of his. His name is Carrie Crowley, who is a multimedia beat reporter covering the San Francisco Giants for the Mercury, Mercury News. He will be joining us. Um, I'm going to ask him some questions about the Giants, see how he's feeling, see how the energy is uh, around the team and things like that and what to look forward to in the future. So we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that. Going to get into, uh, even though it is off season, it's on season as far as free agency and the NBA. Kevin Durant declined his team option, so he is officially a free agent. We'll talk about that. And um Yeah, that's pretty much it. Get into a little bit of what I'm doing this weekend, uh, heading to the Alameda County Fair. You know, I'm a big fair guy randomly. And lastly, we'll talk about the struggles of trying to save money and have fun at the same damn time. All right, everybody. As promised, we have Carrie Crowley here. Um, Thanks again to Eli Anaya, friend of the show, for making the connection. And thank you, Carrie, for taking the time. Carrie is a multimedia beat reporter covering the Giants um, for the Mercury News, as I mentioned before. So, Carrie, thank you for the thank you for coming uh, on the show. And thanks for the time. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to join you. Cool. All right. So let's get right into it, Carrie. Look, I'm a Giants fan. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a confused Giants fan simply because I'm Giants and Raiders. Uh, but there is a reason for that. But anyway, focusing on the Giants, um, look, man, it, it's funny because, you know, as fans, you don't want to seem uh, spoiled, right? So we had our our run in 2010, 2012, 2014, which was awesome. I still say it was one of the least talked about kind of dynasties uh, I've ever kind of witnessed. You know, if the if the Yankees had done something like that, we would still be hearing about it. Um, but with all that being said, obviously the core is getting older. You know, we've lost some pieces, Hunter Pence, who's actually having a randomly good year, uh, in Texas. So good for him. Uh, but when you look at the giants, are they doing better or worse, uh, than what you thought they would do this year? Or are they somewhere around what you imagined? I mean, I think when you look back at spring training and expectations for the 2019 season, they're probably right around what you would expect. Uh, the new new president of baseball operations, Farhan Zaidi, didn't go out and sign any free agent position players. He only added two free agent pitchers in Derek Holland and Drew Pomeranz to a roster that lost 89 games last year. And yes, there were injuries that kind of impeded their progress, but this was a team that went 5-21 and in the month of September. So expectations were really tempered coming into the year. It was probably a fourth place at best, fifth place more likely situation. And that's exactly where they're sitting right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think, like I said, nobody thought anything was going to be, you know, crazy. I know that, 
You got Evan Longoria coming back, who I actually ran into at a uh, bar during the NBA Finals, and you know he didn't even know who they played the next day. So it definitely seems like you know they're just kind of not not going through the motions, but they just all have the same expectations. Do you feel like like I don't know how often you get into the clubhouse? What is like the feeling in the clubhouse? Well, I mean, I'm in there every day, and I think that the the, the feelings that they're trying to win for Bruce Bochy right now, they, right. they probably have come to the realization that the playoffs are out of, out of range right now. They're not going to be contender. They understand that several veterans are going to be traded off the team, but there are also milestones that Bruce Bochy can reach in his managerial career in his final season. And uh, there's, there's a lot of pride that they're playing for because this is a manager who uh, some of them, including uh, the longest tenured players on the team, Madison Bumgarner and Buster Posey, have played for their entire careers. And so they want to do right by him and play as well as possible, uh, even if they don't have the pieces to contend at the top of the division with teams like the Dodgers and the Rockies. Right, right. And I will say, obviously, as a Giants fan, the only bright spot that that we've had w- within these last couple of years is at least the – I don't know what's – better you know than watching the Dodgers even though they have been so successful lose in the World Series over and over again but I keep telling people one of these years they're gonna win it I don't know when but you know keep all the jokes from the 80s coming because eventually they are gonna win um it it just seems that simple to me Oh, and I, I completely agree. I mean, this is a roster that's absolutely stacked this year. They're on a 110-win pace uh, as of Tuesday night. And so, you know, it's only a matter of time before a team like that breaks through. One thing that I will say is it's tough to go back-to-back to the World Series and lose both years. And so uh, maybe your pitching staff tires a little bit in September, but if there's any team that does have the depth uh, to make it through that October gauntlet, it is the Los Angeles Dodgers this year. Yeah. Yeah, man. Okay, so talking about you know, we talked about the veterans a little bit, and obviously most of the talk has been when it comes to trades about Bumgarner. It, besides him, well, first of all, how likely is it, do you think, that he does get dealt, and is there anyone else on the chopping block that um, hasn't been talked about as much? Well, I think there's probably an 85 to 90% uh, chance that Bumgarner is not on this team come July 21st just because – you're talking about a guy who's a pending free agent. Uh, you're talking about a team that isn't going to contend in August and September. And it's a situation where they have an opportunity to recover a few prospects in a trade and kind of rebuild that farm system that they're really focused on for the 2020 decade. And so he's kind of at the top of the list. But Will Smith, the closer, is not far behind, 21 for 21 and save opportunities this year. And there's a few other relievers who, who could be on the move this summer as well. Sam Dyson. Uh, he's got the, the sinker that induces so many ground balls. Tony Watson, a veteran left-hander who can basically be plugged into any bullpen and be a seventh and eighth inning weapon. So that that's four right there who I think would be really attractive to teams that uh, do plan to make a run in October. Yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting to see how everything shakes out. Um, okay, so now let's let's get to – we've been – you know, just because of the Giants season, it's been – a little gloomy, a little negative. Let's get to some of the positives. Um, what are some of the bright spots uh, to look forward to? You know, I heard about, uh, you know, Sean Anderson has been looking fairly good. Um, Alexander Canario. What are what are some guys that we should be on the lookout for maybe the new generation of Giants that are coming up? 
Uh, in terms of guys you're going to talk about for most of the summer, I think that Sean Anderson's at the top of that list in, in the Giants rotation right now. Four quality starts in the month of June. He's earned the respect of his teammates almost immediately, which is difficult to do for a rookie uh, in a clubhouse full of veterans, but uh, they really like the way that he goes about his business. His competitive demeanor is off the charts. And beyond Anderson, their their best pitching prospects are really at the lower levels of the farm system, the organization uh, pitching down in San Jose. They've got two single-A guys in Sean Jelly and Jake Wong who've turned some heads this spring, and that's really where uh, the next core is coming up right now in position players. 2017 first-round draft pick Elliot Ramos, uh, an outfielder with a lot of power. He's He was a California League All-Star in single-A. And then Joey Bart, the 2018 first-round draft pick, uh, who's who's had a slow couple of weeks here, but he's coming back from injury, and they're really excited about uh, Bart eventually joining this major league team, likely in 2020. Got it. Got it. So, okay, when you talk about you know, the the current veterans, you know, I always heard something and I don't know if it was something that was just made up as far as um, Giants fans or if a report ever came out about this, because when you look at Buster Posey, right, his uh, power numbers, he was never a huge, huge power hitter, but he always, you know, had the average right, especially for a catcher. I mean, he all the accolades, you know, and obviously um, could hit home runs when he you know, when he needed to. So my question is, a lot of people for a while spoke about eventually Buster Posey moving to uh, first base, right? And it seems like it has happened more over the last couple of years. But, um, you know, obviously, as someone who probably takes so much pride in, and as is as good as he is and, you know, was in the past, do you foresee that ever being like an everyday thing for him? You know, that's a good question. I think that uh, a lot of that depends on Joey Bart's progress because he's a catcher, and when he comes up, what they want to do with him. But I, I think that uh, as long as Buster Posey is, is on this roster, there will always be a set of catching gear for him uh, and for him to have the ability to go behind the plate on, on any given day just because he is so strong there defensively. So uh, I don't think that when he does eventually take more time at first base, which could be as soon as next season, that he'll completely scrap catching because it's such an important part of his game and really such an important part of the Giants game. When you talk about the construction of their pitching staff, who these veteran starters are most comfortable with, I mean, Posey has one of the best defensive reputations of any catcher in the last two decades, and I don't think that they're just going to overnight uh, kind of scrap those plans. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, going down the list here, look, another very um... – Another player that brings a lot of feelings for a lot of people, Brandon Belt. Do you think Brandon Belt gets too much flack? Do you think he's maybe a little overrated? How do you feel about Brandon Belt um, just as a baseball player and what he brings to the table could bring to, you know, you know, what he brings to the Giants and what he could bring potentially to another team? Uh, well, he's the best offensive player on the Giants, and he has been for the past three seasons. So I think that every uh, metric that you look at, Brandon Belt is is at the top of the list. And in some cases, especially in 2019, there's no one on the roster who's particularly close to him. So I understand fans' frustration when uh, he does not chase with two strikes um, to protect foul, uh, per, to protect and maybe foul off pitches late in games. Uh, and instead uh, leaves judgment calls up to umpires. But outside of that, it's it's hard to criticize a player's game when 
he's consistently the best player on the team. Um, and, you know, that goes offensively, defensively. He's a really strong first baseman. And so uh, he's an asset to the Giants. And, and they're going to have to figure a plan out come 2020 because uh, if Joey Bart comes up and they want Buster Posey to eventually play more first base, uh, could you put Brandon Belt in left field more often? I'm not sure. And so it's something that will be a, a huge discussion point for the front office this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I know that just from – you know what I've read. It seems like the advanced metric, basically the advanced metrics, point to how great Brandon Belt is. But watching him isn't the most aesthetically pleasing thing, which is what most casual fans or even big fans care about. You know, they want to see the home runs, especially when you're looking at the other first baseman uh, in the league. Just from just from that perspective. But I'll say this: I'm watching Sports Center yesterday, and and my God, like if if the Giants or any other team played where the Yankees played, I, I just want to know. I'm just curious what the numbers would look like because they're pop-ups. You know, I saw maybe two or three balls that went out for the Yankees yesterday that maybe would have hit the bottom of um, of Oracle Park in right field. Yeah, I mean, they, they, you know, Oracle Park comes in 30th out of 30 every year in, uh, in most favorable places to hit, and so – it's one of the reasons that the team is built like it is. It, it's built uh, as more of a, a contact team and not a power team, but we're seeing that the Giants' offense just uh, just hasn't aged well in that regard. And so over the past two seasons, you've kind of seen them slip off. But there was a year where they won the World Series where they hit the fewest home runs in all of baseball, and so they proved that it was still possible to do that. Is it possible in the, uh, in the 2019 launch angle um, exit velocity era where, where teams are so focused on hitting the ball in the air. I'm not sure, but uh, that's something that, uh, that again, the front office will tackle uh, as they kind of remake this roster. Yeah, man. You know, because a little bit about me, I played um, at Temple University. Uh, wow. Uh, finished in 2013. And it's funny to watch, you know, the College World Series is going on now. And it, it's just, it, like I said, it's funny to watch how trends change if you were under six foot um when i was in school it was all about i mean just because i was left-handed it would just hit the ball on the ground you know and they would have you you're lifting you're doing all these things and it's almost to the point where it's like why do you have me lifting if you just want me to slap it past you know uh slap it in the six hole and nowadays when i look at even you know all the schools i think uh right now in the world series it's Vanderbilt versus Michigan, all of these guys, you know, I've always heard the perfect size is 5'10 to 5'11 for a hitter. Um, and it's like all of these guys now are right in that 5'9 to 5'11 zone, but they get up there. And I think the difference is when I was playing and, um, you know, I'm sure I know you went to Arizona State. If you checked out any of the games there, I'm sure you did. When I was playing, it was more of if you weren't a power hitter, if you got even if you got into a favorable count, it was just don't be late, put a good bat on the ball. Now it's like we don't care how big you are. If you get into a favorable count, get your launch angle right and try to send that thing somewhere. You know what I mean? Um, so the game is just a lot different than it was, and it really just hasn't taken that long. It's 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 happened so quickly, and um, you know, obviously, what people are talking about, maybe the balls are a little juiced up or whatever. I mean, I think the the combination of things is is really awesome to watch. But I also find myself thinking, I wonder how many home runs I would have hit if um, I was playing right now. 
Yeah, you know, technology has really changed the sport, especially in the past five seasons. But we saw some teams really get out ahead of the curve here. And that was the Houston Astros. That was the Chicago Cubs. And at the college level, you're seeing two teams in, in Vanderbilt and Michigan in the College World Series this week uh, that, that got out ahead of the curve. And Vanderbilt has, has a program that has always been respected for the way that they've uh, implemented analytics and sabermetrics and, and kind of influencing uh, players' habits with technology. And so I think that we're seeing just the rest of baseball playing catch-up uh, to the teams that were most successful at the beginning of the decade because these, these were lessons that were being preached um, at the highest levels, and they kind of filtered their way down to, to lower levels. And so you saw teams gain a, a perceptive advantage, but now that uh, we're at the end of the decade and every team has access to the same technology, it's about finding new market inefficiencies and, and finding different ways uh, that, that you can exploit the game and, and kind of uh, set yourself apart. Yeah, definitely, man. You know, it's just it's so interesting to watch how things change. And who knows, in 10 more years, they might be back to hitting the ball on the ground. We just don't know. We really don't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so I think we've covered everything I want to get to, you know, with the Giants. Now, you know, I think that based on some of the listeners that I have and I think just as a whole um, – when people see uh, beat reporters and things like that and, you know, whether they turn into talking heads or not, I think a lot of people are interested in how you kind of get into it past just, um, you know, studying journalism, right, uh, in college. So do you, like, how did you get into sports uh, journalism? Uh, you know, how did that kind of work for you? How did you end up at the Mercury News um, if you could kind of speak to your process and how you got to where you are, that would be awesome. Yeah, so I enrolled at Arizona State back in uh, the fall of 2012 with the goal of becoming a professional sports journalist, and it didn't really matter to me whether I was on camera or whether I was a newspaper reporter. I just wanted to uh, to go to a journalism school that would allow me to kind of refine my skills in, in both areas and uh, to see which path made more sense to pursue. And so uh, ultimately, through through various internships and jobs that I had down uh, in the desert, uh, it became kind of clear to me that my, my skills were better suited as a writer. I would be able to make it in a bigger market faster as a writer. And so um, I took my first job out, out of college with Scout Media covering Arizona State football and basketball. And that I did that for a full year before I moved up to KMBR, the uh, sports radio station here in San Francisco, um, KMBR 680. And I, I was doing web content for them. I was writing about the Giants, the Warriors, the 49ers for them. And then uh, once the athletics started, um, they kind of, uh, it's, you know, an online sports subscription service. They kind of took a lot of the, uh, the writers from local Bay Area papers and created job opportunities for a lot of younger people. And I was fortunate to be one of those people to, to get one of those jobs. And I landed at the Mercury News in January of 2018 as their Giants beat reporter. And so I've been doing that for the last 18 months. And uh, it's, it's been a really fun ride. Um, it's, it's a grind on an everyday basis to come up with story ideas and, and to figure out uh, how to write about a team that, that, you know, isn't going to win the World Series and, and understands going into the season that that's probably not the case. And so uh, that's been a bit of a challenge, but it's been a fun challenge to tackle. And, uh, and so I consider myself really fortunate that a lot of breaks have gone my way and a lot of things have worked out in my journey from, uh, from 2012 to, to right now. So it's been seven years, and I think that 
even as a freshman in college, I considered myself a professional in the business just because I was taking jobs and internships right away that uh, were setting me up for a future here. And so it's, uh, you know, you don't get many opportunities to pause and look back at the, at the journey that got you here, but it, it is really cool to uh, to be at this level and, and to consider myself a, a professional sports journalist because it's something that I've wanted to do for so long. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that. It's interesting because I did um, another a fellow Temple alum was covering uh, Julian McWilliams. Now with the Boston Globe, he was covering uh, the A's for the Athletic, and he came on the show um, at the big, uh, I think at the end of last year, something like that. And it, I, I didn't even realize when the Athletic kind of came to town um, that kind of aspect of it of them taking some of the more veteran riders and giving, you know, people like you opportunities and kudos to you for taking advantage. I mean, that's awesome. Um, everything that I've seen uh, from what you've done. And, you know, I have friends that uh, I had no clue, um, you know, followed you on Twitter. So you're definitely making a space as far as, uh, you know, the Bay Area, Bay Area sports and specifically the Giants. Um, so that's awesome, man. That's 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 good stuff right there. Um, and obviously it's all a grind. Uh you know, when you come down to it, but if you enjoy what you're doing, uh, it makes it a little bit easier. Well, thank you, man. Yeah, it's, it's been really fun. And uh, it's funny you mentioned Julian. Uh, we were hanging out at the winter meetings probably six months ago, back in December in Las Vegas, probably right after he came on the show. And now he's back at the Boston Globe covering the Red Sox. That's, that's a dream job in baseball for anyone uh, who's talented enough to get it. So kudos to Julian and uh, hopefully listeners of your show, uh, uh, we're able to enjoy his episode because, man, that guy has all the talent in the world and uh, just uh, really happy for him. That's funny, man. Yes, I guess it's small world for sure, but, um, yeah, that's good stuff. Uh, not planned, by the way, for all you listeners. That just kind of happened, so that is awesome. Okay, so before I let you go, Carrie, one last question. Uh, I know when I was reading your, your write-up on the Mercury News uh, you know, I, I also, along with sports, I talk music and I talk food and I'm kind of a big foodie. I watch a lot of Food Network, Cooking Channel, Travel Channel, you name it. So it says that um, you're, you've been on a quest to determine which major league city serves the best cheeseburger. Are you still on the quest? Do you have some current front runners? So it's, it's funny that you say that. And I was thinking about getting that change because at the beginning when I started this job, I thought that the quest would be for cheeseburgers, but you realize that you're at the ballpark on a nightly basis, which is the best time to eat cheeseburgers. So really the quest has turned into where the bre- where the best breakfast burrito is in this ah. country. And, I, and I've tried so many different places. And, uh, and if you'll allow me, I'll, I'll go on about breakfast burritos because yeah. uh, that, that's really been, been the main pursuit in traveling around the country and covering the Giants. And I, I think the best one is down at the Broken Yoke in the Gas Lamp District in San Diego. They do a phenomenal job. Uh, down there. There's a number of different places in Phoenix. Um, Nada in Cincinnati uh, is a great Mexican restaurant uh, that does a great brunch, and so they do breakfast burritos. But yeah, I think that the the absolute front runner is uh, the Broken Yoke in San Diego. The Broken Yoke in San Diego. Okay, I think, you know, I might, uh, my little nephew is in the Navy and he's stationed down there, so I might uh, have to parlay a trip the next time I go to visit him. <laughs> yeah, every, every, Every single day that the Giants play there, you can catch me at the Broken Yoke around 11 a.m. So uh, I probably eat there 10 times a year now. Got it. Got it. Okay, well, thank you for that. Okay, and I lied. 
just one last question. And the only reason I ask this is because um, you are kind of unique in that you're, you know, I just turned 29, right? So we're both kind of that under 30 range of baseball fans, which there aren't a lot of. So based on someone that covers the game as much as you do, do you think any changes need to be made with baseball to make it more appealing to the younger crowd? Uh, I, I do. I think that they could speed up the pace of play and, and continue to figure out ways to ways to do that. And maybe the uh, the solution is limiting pitching changes, uh, which they plan to do next year. But ultimately, I think the number one thing that that needs to be allowed to kind of entice uh, younger people to to follow the sport is is the marketing mission that Major League Baseball has started recently, which is let the kids play. Right. You know, let these guys celebrate their achievements. Let let players bat flip. Let pitchers. Uh, get fired up after strikeouts, and I think that uh, we're we're starting to see that. And I think that as the older generation, uh, you know, guys in their thirties and and or low thirties, mid thirties, late thirties, kind of um, you know matriculate out, become coaches, lead the sport. Uh, we're seeing younger players who are more comfortable with that style of play, and I think that it's going to lead to an uptick in interest, uh, especially in younger people. Right? Yeah. I mean, uh, you get a guy like. Tim Anderson on the White Sox, who I think unfortunately got injured in the game yesterday, but you know he's kind of a guy like that. Uh, Javi Baez, those guys, you know, kids want to be able to, um, you know, appreciate those things. And and sure, you don't want. I don't know if you saw that viral video that kid. It was more of a bat chuck after his hit off the tee. Like, we don't necessarily need that, but the idea of, you know, people showing their personality, and that's always what I've said, you know, when it came to the Giants. Like, I mean, Buster Posey, as great as he is, um, besides those local Toyota commercials, not super marketable. A lot of these guys that are so good, they just, they're just, you know, they're just who they are, right? And you can't make people be who they're not. But at that same token, when you get the, the Yasiel Puigs and the Tim Andersons of the world, let them be who they are too. It's got to go both ways. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you celebrate, celebrate the guys who are worth marketing. There's so many of them out there in, in major league baseball right now. And uh, it's just a matter of, of bringing their appeal to a younger audience. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thank you so much for the time. It has been great speaking with you. A lot of insight on the Giants. You know, I feel bad because now that we're done with the interview, you know, I wasn't that big on Brandon Belt, partly because I'm in a FanDuel league and he's not the greatest pick for FanDuel. And he's always so enticing because he's not that expensive. But I understand what he brings to the team. Um, You know, we'll get through this season, hopefully be back at the mountaintop before you know it. And Keep keep up the good work, man. You're doing great stuff. And thank you so much for um, joining the show. Hopefully I can have you on again um, and enjoy the rest of your season. I'm actually going to the game Friday, so hopefully we can pull out a W. It'll be my first game. I feel bad. I've been to more A's games than Giants games simply because I live in Oakland. Um, but I swear I'm a Giants fan, and uh, I'm excited for Friday. And thank you so much for joining, man. All right. Thanks, Alan. Have a good one. Okay, you too. Okay, that was, again, Kerry Crowley, beat reporter, covering the Giants for the Mercury News. Shout out to Kerry for coming through. Shout out to Eli for setting that up. You know, it's really great to get guys on here that have insights and can really give detailed answers about what's going on within the clubhouse and things of that nature. Um, so that was really exciting, especially 
if you're a Giants fan like myself. Now, let's get in to some NBA free agency. Really, the biggest story uh, is Kevin Durant declining his team option with the Warriors. I guess it's not that surprising. The only thing was that a lot of people started talking, saying that he poss- he might possibly opt in to just use it as a year to get better. Uh, and then after that, he could get his money after that. So if you are a Warriors fan, you could be thinking, eh, that might mean he's leaving. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean he's leaving. He could still obviously sign with the Warriors. Uh, it's not the best sign in the world, but maybe he just wants to listen to what people have to say now when he's you know, not able to play. He wants to see who's really down for him. So that kind of is what it is. All right. A little bit of plans for me, letting everyone know I'm going to the Alameda County Fair this weekend. I'm very excited. I'm big on fairs, if you didn't know that. Uh, Last time I went, I got a deep-fried Snickers bar, which was outstanding. Just so good. So good. So I'm trying to top that this year. uh, I looked online. Food Network had some things about when, I don't know if anybody watched that fair show when Anthony Anderson was the host a couple years back. Uh, Looks like they have... A couple cool places to check out, so I'm excited for that. Um, that's really it, though, man. But the problem is, you know, the weather is feeling good. Uh, it's warm, right? Everything is going our way. How do you save money during the summer? Girl, I'm broke, 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 broke. Like, it's impossible almost. It is almost impossible, right? Because realistically, I'm not going to sit there on a hot Friday in July and not go out. Your man is broke, 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 broke. Or even a Saturday, the sun is shining. Broke, 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 broke. You know, so what are some of the free things you can do? You can go hiking. Broke, 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 broke. Right? Everybody loves a good hike. The last time I went hiking, I had that dog who put his mud face on my sandwich but besides that it was a great hike what else can you do go to the park right you can go to the park now all these things you're gonna have to do sober so you don't spend money but again you have to find some type of in between so going to the fair this weekend is pretty controlled, right? I don't have to get three deep fried Snickers. I mean, I'm sure my arteries would um would thank me if I didn't. But it's tough, man. It's tough. But wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, try to enjoy yourself. You know, money coming, money going. You know, you can't take it with you. Okay. I'm wrapping this thing up. Thank you, everybody, for listening to this kind of giant special, if you will. Enjoy the weather, enjoy the summer, enjoy your weekend. And until next time, thank you for listening. Thank you, Carrie Crowley, for coming through. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the underscore styles file, styles with an I. And until next time, you already know what it is. Be safe, be well, be wise. Peace.